to 2 Corinthians. That'd be good, thanks. Page 816. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Des. Uh, I'm one of the student ministers here. It's really great to see you here tonight. Uh, as, uh, as Craig said before, we're kind of, we're just starting a new series on this book, 2 Corinthians, that we're looking at tonight. Um, now, tonight, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, there's not going to be one sermon. There's going to be two sermonettes. Um, a sermonette sounds to me something like a kind of an all-female Motown uh, number. You know, you can just imagine Billy Preacher and the sermonettes. Um, but maybe not. Uh, thanks, Steve. I'll speak into this. Okay, right. Um, so before we get into the first sermonette, after this, there'll be a bit of coffee, a bit of cake, a bit of mingling, all that kind of stuff. In the second part of the service, there'll be the second sermonette. So don't use all your emotional energy and expend it just this time. Um, before we start, though, because this is uh, God speaking to us through the Bible, uh, why don't I pray? Uh, dear Father, we, uh, we love to hear you speak to us. Um, we love the fact that you communicate to us through your Son, by His Spirit, through this book we call the Bible. We pray now, please help us to listen and change. Amen. Well, the problem with Corinth started with me. I sinned. I don't really want to go into the details about all of that. I, it's just really not important. It's enough to say simply that I sinned and I did it badly. And that's what brought our church all this grief at the moment. You see, the great apostle and church planter Paul planted our church here about five years ago. And after that, after spending about 18 months with us, he moved on to do more church planning work. That's what he does. But about a year ago, we heard from him. He sent us a letter. And in that letter, he said that he was going to come back and visit us. He was in Turkey at that time, over in Ephesus, a big town over there, doing heaps of good stuff. And that the stuff was going there so well that he didn't want to come just yet, that he wanted to keep on going with his ministry there, but that he was going to visit us in a little while. Well, didn't I ruin those plans? As I said, I, I did something terrible, so bad that looking back on it now, I really realised that the church should have done something about it. They should have done something about it straight away. But that's not what happened. Most of the church realised I should have been punished. I should have been disciplined. But they just didn't have the guts to, to do it. And the rest of the church, the minority, well, they just didn't even care. They didn't even think that it was important to deal with me. But Paul had other ideas. Paul, in fact, came quick-smart across the river. Not the river, the Aegean Sea, really. He'd heard all about it and he came straight from Ephesus over just to deal with me. That's how serious it was. He'd heard about what I'd done and came straight over on a special visit to have me disciplined. Now, I should have been absolutely terrified, but at the time I wasn't. I was arrogant. I thought I was invincible. Most of the church were too gutless to do anything about it, and those who were left actively supported me. So the trip went badly. Paul was upset. Everyone was upset. He left so sad, so angry, but promising that he'd come back. After about six months, he didn't come back, but we got a letter. And it was a scorcher. It was all about me. And it was about how they really had to do something about me. He wasn't backing down. 
he demanded that the church punish me. And this time, for some reason, it worked. The church elders somehow found their courage, they found their bottle, and they actually dealt with me. And I was devastated. I was put out of the church. What was worse was that I deserved it, and I really knew it. I mean, at first I didn't realise that. At first I was furious. But after a while it began to sink in, and I became sad. And soon the sadness turned into sorrow. I'd hurt everyone, and I deserved what I was getting. And so you can imagine how I felt when just a couple of weeks ago, someone from the church came to visit me. They said that Paul had sent another letter to our church, that he was only just to the north in Macedonia, that he was coming to visit the church finally. I thought my heart would break. He'd obviously heard that his severe letter had done the trick, that I was basically battered, basically down, and he was coming to visit to finish me off. One of the church elders, just a couple of weeks ago, turned up at my doorstep and he handed the letter to me. I was terrified. I skimmed through all the introductory stuff, all the stuff that normally goes in these letters, but eventually came to the bit that was about me. You can look at it in chapter 2, verse 5, as we now call it. Look at it in chapter 2, verse 5. If anyone has caused grief, and I knew Paul meant me, He has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. And he was sure right there. I had hurt everyone. I totally mucked up. I could barely bring myself to keep reading. But when I did, I couldn't believe it. Look at what he says next in verses 6 to 8. The punishment inflicted on him, that's me, by the majority is sufficient for him. Now instead you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he'll not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you therefore to reaffirm your love for him. It was amazing. Far from coming to finish me off, Paul had come to set me free. He said that I'd suffered enough. He told people to forgive me and comfort me even though I'd hurt them all so badly so that my depression wouldn't overwhelm me. He even went so far as to tell them that they had to Tell me that they loved me and cared for me and that they were going to have me back. My punishment was over. I just can't tell you the relief I felt. But it's interesting because he didn't stop there. Uh, Look at that next part there, starting in verse 9. The reason I wrote you that first letter was to see if you'd stand the test and be obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I've forgiven, if there was anything to forgive... I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of our schemes. You see, it turns out that Paul's an even better guy than I'd thought. See, he didn't just write that harsh letter to sort me out. He wrote it for the sake of the church. He loved our church, but he knew that so long as they were harbouring someone like me, their friendship with him was totally compromised. And so to fix their relationship, they had to refix their relationship with me. And they did. He's a smart guy, Paul. You know, I must admit, one thing did kind of disturb me about the letter. I read in the very first verse that 
Well, it didn't just go to my church. It went to all the churches in the region. You can see it there in verse 1 of chapter 1. To the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia. And look, to be honest, by now I don't know how many churches this has been read in. Or for how long. But I hope that people learn something from my story. I really hope they learn how devastating sin is to a church and how even more devastating it is if it goes unchecked. I hope they realise how much sin hurts people. Selfishness, or greed, or sexual immorality, or gossip, or ambition, or ignoring people less well off than ourselves. And I hope that if they have friends who've wronged them or someone else, that they'd love them enough to have the guts to talk to them and to bring them to account. I wish someone had done that to me before it came to all of this. But I also hope that when people do sin, that people forgive them. I hope that people would recognise the difference between holding people accountable for what they do and smashing them. I hope that people recognise the difference between being rightfully upset and holding a grudge. I hope that when people forgive each other, they do it properly, comforting the person who hurt them and telling them that they love them, like my church did to me. I suppose, basically, I just hope that people learn how to love each other when they do the wrong thing.